west and a little bit north, um, you end up at there's a street and a street. And in between them is like this ladder design that just looks like they were trying to fit as many houses as possible in between street. And I yes. know that because that is exactly the design that I just submitted for my subdivision design final <laughs> that I phoned in. Let's see if it looks nice in street view. Oh, there's so many trees. What oh, the this hell is, is like with Floyd place. Okay, this is a nice aesthetic, actually. This guy's got solar panels. Wow. You can tell he loves the environment because he's got solar panels. Domino's needs to get over here and fill some of these potholes. Yeah. Come on, Domino's. What do I pay you for? (laughs) (laughs) Is this what my taxes are going to? So Google Street View blurs out all the license plates. Okay. Do you think that's AI assisted or do you think they have humans do that? It must be AI assisted. Like you you'd think that the scale is too big to do anything other than that. But has it always been AI assisted? It's a good question. How does mm. Google blur out license plates? Thank you. Thank you, Google. This is a nice little neighborhood. I like it. If your design looks like this, I support it. Don't don't support it. No? How how does somebody who okay, wait, it's carries through a little bit? Okay, that's better. I thought it just ended at the end and you'd had, like the only way if you lived on Field Street to get anywhere is to go all the way down Martin Street to the highway and then but it does go through you can get to the water that's less nasty but it okay but like there's enough space here to have a car these aren't apartments these are homes there's enough space is not a great justification for having a car No, the justification for having a car is that there's no public transportation that goes down this way. Because the way that it's designed, it wouldn't be efficient or effective to provide public transportation to it. There are a lot of homes here. They could totally provide public transportation without... I think it'd be worth it. But what I was meaning is that, like... I don't know where the nearest school is to here, but, like, if it was reasonably close you could totally walk this like if it okay so let's say you go to school right where the that Uh, that spot where oh yes yes i see it i see it right probably if you go to elementary school and you live on Mm -hmm. you probably go there now i acknowledge that that's a long walk but not really a long bike it's about a mile which I could do in elementary school, um, but it is also on road or across, which is four to five lanes. Right. Yes. That that's the problem, though. It is not that this is a bad design because of the way the neighborhood is laid out. It's just there's a highway here. I think that the way that we lay out. This neighborhood and other neighborhoods around it means that we have to have highways. I think if you don't have neighborhoods laid out like this, then you don't have as many highways, let's say. And so if you're going to blame highways, you need to blame the things that contribute to us needing highways. And one of those is neighborhoods that look like this. Hmm. Why does this design require a highway? If you can explain in, you know... A reasonable amount of time i know uh-huh. you took like classes on this that like you can't <laughs> boil down to i don't know if i can i maybe it doesn't maybe you could have this everywhere and just like bisect it in the middle have one more street <laughs> running through the middle and replicate that everywhere and it would be fine 
Um, okay, well, how about... Let me give you another reason that I like this. Okay. There are lots of... Sounds stupid. But there are lots of plants. There are lots of trees and stuff. And it gives you a sense of privacy while still having neighbors that are actually fairly close to you. Do you get that same sense um, from... Let's... Where's the... Uh, where's the... Uh, it's just north of the school. Let's see. No, I don't. It's closer than what I think of as a suburb. Okay, go to... Um... So, in the middle of the street is this, like, divider. Uh, right, yeah, it's like a, like a boulevard kind of thing. Yeah, with a little, with a little free library in it. Um, it, and there's, like, I don't know. I like this. It's nice. It feels, it feels good. Okay. I wish that the boulevard near me looked like So I agree with you. And like, over here, uh, at the end, there's someone who painted their house red, which I, which I think usually you would be like, in a typical suburb, a homeowner's association would be like, you can't paint your house red, it'll take down our property values. Okay, right. But there's enough privacy that this person can paint their house red and have a, uh, what looks like a cutout of a wolf on their, <laughs> on their house. And like, it's not the neighbor's business necessarily. It's what they like and, uh, it's what they can continue doing if that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Does the little Street View guy have a birthday hat on for you, or is that just for me? That's just for you. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) And if this had any sort of public transportation, you can imagine that the roads would look better. Right. And if there wasn't a highway nearby, you can imagine that someone might want some public transportation. Right. Um, I think... I think if there were more, let me try and reframe maybe what I was saying. I think mm-hmm. if there are more, were more blocks, maybe to the south and to the north, and one of those had an elementary school, right? Let's say, and one of those had a bodega. Okay. You could get your chips, you could go to school, and then you could drive to work. And it's connected enough that maybe there's one bus line that runs through there. That would be a good, by American standards, and probably by most standards, a pretty good development. You've got a lot of what you need, and you've got privacy, um, and you're still really close to the earth. Um, so, like, there's a lot of things that are going well for that space. Right. But it's not that. It's one ladder, because somebody got... A chunk of property, mm-hmm. and they were told fit as many houses into this little strip as you can, based on this road layout. And they said, "Okay, ladders." Right, right, yeah, that that makes sense. It, so, is the solution to build a school near it, or is it to have it? Like, is there a way to make this less bad from a civic standpoint? The best way to do it would have been for the civic government to consolidate enough land to make a logical development and not have a bunch of private developers. This is, I have done um, literally like one weekend worth of research into this. Don't trust me on anything. Um, To take enough land to make a reasonable development in a unified way or to at least plan out a reasonable development development in a unified way instead of having a bunch of private developers make private homes that need to be connected by highway by necessity because there's a highway there to connect the very first development and all of the subsequent developments Hmm. aren't well enough connected to each other because they aren't 
related to each other except by proximity um and not by planning or anything like that yep makes sense and also you know if you could have a little bit of right you could have the school somewhere and you could have one little like five-story apartment building um near the school and everything else was about the one or two stories that it is um maybe you could have some affordable housing in the neighborhood and not um not have the school just be a bunch of people who can afford one story or two story homes in the suburbs right and like there is an apartment complex it's at uh the uh east end of the ladder okay i see that it, yeah but point taken there is actually even a food mart and a bp so there's a well, there needs to be a gas station because of course. You, know, you have to drive everywhere. Well, <laughs> if they had um, underpasses, under <laughs> if somebody said, okay, we're going to have 10-year-olds biking to the elementary school that they go to that's less than a mile away, and they said, this mm-hmm. four to five lane street is dangerous, so let's do a little underpass under it um for bikes and pedestrians and you could pop back up on the other side and get on the little cul-de-sac and go along and get to your school that would be real cool um and i i think i would i would like it more um there's a lot of things that could be better and mostly i've just been ruined by sweden (laughs) ruined by imagination I just, I I can see a lot of effort that went into this little neighborhood. Yeah. And what that means to me is that someone made this, but they made it with different priorities than you and I have. Right. I don't know necessarily what those priorities are. And I think really all things considered, anybody who goes to that elementary school can probably walk there. Yeah. Uh There's, like, some crosswalks and stuff, which is not ideal, for sure, but... I'm very glad you got an apartment. I'm very glad it's in uh, in a place and in a a setup that you enjoy. I'm sorry for for being angry about ladders. Mostly, I just didn't like that class, and it made me think about that class. I wish they made the Swedish um, neighborhood planning documents in English like the Vesteros neighborhood planning documents, because I could go through and like translate enough of it to understand it, to do the the paper. But just like the way that they talk about it, it's like, right. Hell yeah. I'm a big fan. You've got all the same ideas. You want greenery, you want like personal space, but also you don't want to kill the planet and you want to think about how to like do efficient hydrology management and keep cars away from the people and i i fuck with that everyone just has very long personal driveways to the highway that is how i will separate cars from people and cars from each other right until they get to the highway so do you like does your driveway then have like you've got a lean not a lean that's the, the wrong word um there really is a word for this there really is Anyway, do you have one of those things where you, you like your driveway goes through somebody else's property? An easement. I mean, you saw. Right. I mean, in your in your right. glorious driveway future. Does every oh, property oh, that's built also have an um, easement through somebody else's property to get to the highway? Hmm. Okay, so it's okay. It's underground. The t- they're, t- they're tunnels. Driveway tunnels. Okay. <laughs> Glorious tunnel future. Glorious tunnel Call future. Call up Elon Musk. <laughs> Everyone has their own. So, you know, in mine- Minecraft, you can have, like, minecarts, and you can make redstone right. things to make it go faster. Ah, okay. That. 
That's how city should work. Minecarts. And redstone logic. Yeah. Are cities Turing complete? <laughs> in the okay. In the in the not glorious present. Do we like do we understand <laughs> enough about human behavior in aggregate that we could say like okay if we close off this street then people will do this other thing Mm. is that a quantum computer because you can't quite predict the outcome you like say there's like a 90 percent chance that a given person will do this based on these conditions yeah that's a quantum computer so cities are 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 quantum computers Turing complete? <laughs> uh, I think so because you can just make every qubit either be one or zero, right? And then just treat it like a regular von Neumann yes. thing. <laughs> just very slow. You have one hundred twenty-eight bits von Neumann machines. Run Python. Run Python. <laughs> But you can you can simulate a Turing machine with a quantum computer, which means that if cities have the same uh, power as <laughs> quantum computers, I I don't think they do though, because you can't say like with a hundred percent certainty that a person will go left at this intersection if there's like maybe if you like put up. W- walls and tunnels so that Mm -hmm. each human can only go one direction but then you're just doing calculations by forcing (laughs) humans through tunnels and then you might as well just not use the humans what about if you um i'm remembering a while ago you made a domino computer right yeah I could reason. I, the thing is about the Domino computer that it it had right. like you know four bits or whatever, and I was like ninety nine percent sure certain that each Domino would knock over the next Domino, okay. which is not the case for anything to do with humans. Because even if you say like, "Hey, don't go in here," <laughs> uh, it's um, radiation, and you're gonna grow a second <laughs> head. Some 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 dude's just gonna be like, eh, I can handle it, and then go in. Can't tell me what to do. I I woke up in a free country. Hey Zach. Hey Liz. Finally, finally, the day has come where I get to talk about how I made almond milk. <laughs> You'd think on the world's foremost alternative milk podcast that I would get to talk about how me, the host, or the co-host, vice host, I'm vice host, uh, I made almond milk. I put almonds into a blender and made almond milk. I bought a nut milk bag on Amazon. (laughs) It was really bad. I did not. It was really bad almond milk. Oh. I didn't like it. Listeners, if you want us to have better almond milk, um, I know that we're only a minute into the show, but if you want us to have better almond milk, then you can go find us on Patreon and support (laughs) us so we can buy almond cows. Um, because clearly that is the thing that we are missing and it's not any like that Liz could have added a different ingredient to her, her almond milk that she made i definitely could have added ingredients i just don't know anything about food science and didn't know what to add vanilla it's not so much a taste thing it was a consistency thing like we talked about how we like the barista almond milk Uh like there's a there's a certain amount of sweetness and a certain consistency and a certain like mouthfeel Right. That we like. That I didn't know how to replicate with the ingredients that I have access to. 
or any ingredients that I that anyone has access to. Could you get into molecular gastronomy? <laughs> I should have a buzzer for buzzwords. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. That'd be a fun little trope of our podcast. <laughs> if someone says a buzzword, I just... Bzzzt. So you do molecular gastronomy, and then with the knowledge that you've gained from molecular gastronomy, you come back to the milk. Mm, okay. So I go to, like, a chef school. Right. Become, like, a really good chef. Right. Spend some years in the industry. Right, yeah. fine dining. You can't learn everything just from school. You gotta, you know, knowledge doesn't come from <laughs> chef books. So I do all that, and then I uh-huh. come back. Right. I come back to almond milk and make my almond milk empire. Yes. Maybe by then, the world will be ready for alternative milks. Right. Or you will have to call it like M upside down exclamation mark LK. <laughs> Monk. <laughs> no, wait, that's already a thing, isn't it? Yeah. I'll just use a different vowel. Mel- milk. You Mel- could. You could like make it milk, but then have the I be like cut out of an A. You know? Ooh. Yeah. Use some white space kind of uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really get on uh what's his face? Who emailed us? Henry mm, yeah. something. Mm-hmm. His really get on his nerves. Just keep talking about logo design. <laughs> um it could be all it could be almond milk. Oh, I it, the thing though is that this almond milk is excellent, right? Every time you say you mm. should try this almond milk, there's an exclamation mark at the end of that sentence, right? Almond milk and terabang. Right. <laughs> almond milk? One of the things that I can do is definitely like use filtered water. I just use my tap water, which was a mistake. Okay. Cuz you could taste the tap water. Right. Uh, so that's an easy fix, but also, uh, I think there are other reasons it didn't taste good. Like it was palatable. Like it, I'm not going to say it like tasted bad, Mm -hmm. but like certainly every almond milk, including the ones that like we rate low, like this is the, that was easily the worst almond milk I've ever had. Okay. So that gets zero out of five. And terabangs. I do have some almond milk that I want to try live on the podcast. It's been sitting in my refrigerator for a while. Okay. Uh, because it was supposed to happen two weeks ago, but right. Zach kept talking. Yeah. God. Talking all the time. Who gets on a podcast and starts talking? No, we're supposed to be drinking milk on this podcast. <laughs> So I have two bottles of barista almond milk uh, by by brands that are not our new farm. Is it that? Is that it? New, new barn. farm. New, new barn. barn. Uh, so I have two bottles. The first is Elmhurst Ooh. almond barista edition. I have heard good things about Elmhurst. Actually, can I see okay. the the front just to confirm? Yeah. Um, so in the, the tagline for Elmhurst is simpler, better. Uh, and somehow they got, uh, some sort of copy protection on that phrase. That's Um, impressive. Yeah. Uh, it says it was blended with rice, actually. Okay. Um, there are six ingredients. Filtered water. Almonds, rice, and less than two percent cane sugar, dipotassium phosphate, and salt. So that's all you need. That's, that's what you, you got to add. Whatever di. Well, if it's good. Right. Let's see. So I'm gonna br- break the seal. 
They have a fancy sealing technology. It's does not, it open itself? No, it just doesn't have the normal, like, like there are two parts of the bottle cap. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to pour it into my mason jar. It is roughly as thick as whole milk. It does not stick to the sides like whole milk does. If I, like, swirl it around, oh, right. it comes right back down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the cap back on before I spill this all over my laptop. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. It's not as thick as the new barn. Okay. You can definitely taste the rice. Hmm. It reminds me of something. I'm trying to figure out what. Like a frothed milk. Like, not necessarily steamed, but frothed. Like, if you just kind of, like, take milk and, like, Shook, shook it around a lot mm-hmm. to separate some of the fats. Right. The, in tastes, texture or in taste? In taste. It reminds me of that. It doesn't taste exactly like that, mm-hmm. but it tastes a bit like that. What do you think about the the rice flavor in the almond milk? It's not overpowering. It's just, it's noticeable. And I think in... If it was in coffee, like it's meant to be, you, it would be impossible to taste. Um, okay. It has a strong flavor. So, like, uh, the way oat milk has a, like, distinct flavor, mm-hmm. this almond milk does, which is not a bad thing. In fact, I think this would taste really good in coffee. Okay. Um, I think it is still less good than oat milk for, like, granola, because it... Almond is a very different kind of thing that you wouldn't necessarily... Like, almonds aren't a granola kind of food. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm going to finish this and then or try the next one. All right. Oh, should I give it a um, rating right now? Um, yeah, I think let's, let's rate the Elmhurst one first. Um, let's go out of nine grains of rice. Hmm, interesting. Taking gulps and not sips is better. I like it better in gulps. Okay, good. I'm going to adjust my rating. Um, I think that's good. I think that's if quantity mm-hmm. improves it, Yeah, that's a good thing. Seven out of nine. This is good. I would buy oh. this again. Okay, we're going to go with the next one, which is... Califa Farms Barista Blend Almond Milk. One word. Okay. I'm familiar. It's the like the woman with the the, mm-hmm. the leaves on her head. Uh, let's see. So, okay, so I'm going to read off the ingredients. Water, almonds, cane sugar, calcium carbonate, sunflower, uh, le- lecithin? Lecithin. Lecithin. Sunflower lecithin. Sea salts, natu- natural flavors, locust bean gum, potassium citrate, and gel gelin gum. Um, so, I don't know how you feel about all those ingredients, but, like, there's nothing in particular wrong with having a lot of ingredients, especially ones I can't na- t- particularly pronounce. But it mm-hmm. does feel a lot worse than ones with all ingredients that I can pronounce. Right. There's a little a little more cause for alarm. Which is why you've got to become a food scientist exactly. slash chef. Okay, so we're gonna pour it. Okay. I did spill almond milk on myself because I was trying to hold it up okay. to the mic. I I am going to argue that a little bit of that is the bottle's fault, too. I agree. That the carton is not ideal for pouring. Okay. Um, at eye level. <laughs> hmm. Okay. It's super sweet. Like, very, very sweet. Okay. Okay. See, but I can see that being a good thing, too. Because a, um, a lot of the places near me now, you have to pay extra for... Mm. sweeteners like Mm -hmm. honey and things 
a lot of the coffee shops. And so if you could just pay the extra for almond milk and you've already got the sweet in there. I can see that. Um, let's see. It does stick to the sides like uh, whole milk does. Okay. It's a bit thicker than the Elmhurst. It tastes good. It has a good mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I can't get over how sweet it is. It's very, like, it's it's not, like, overpowering, but <laughs> it, like, there are no other flavors except for the sweetness. What am I writing this one out of, Zach? Um, let's just go with a normal out of five pins. This gets three out of five pins. Okay. It's good. It's like, if you were like, Liz, I have uh, the choice between making my own almond milk and buying this. I would say buy this. <laughs> buy the Califa Farms okay. blend because it's actually pretty good. It's just, it's not what I'm looking for in an almond milk, which is, I don't know, personality, I guess. Okay. Like the new barn as like a, if we're holding that to the standard of the highest form of almond milk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it has the perfect taste, has the perfect texture. Right. And that, and like, and why is that though? Is it because it has, it just tastes like cow's milk? No, it tastes, it tastes like almond milk. It tastes good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I give it a three out of five because... Although the texture is very good, um, the taste is just way too sweet. Do you have access to a steamer wand? I do not. A, not a ro- at this moment, at least. A roommate of mine recently got a steamer wand. He got a whole espresso doohickey, but sure. part of that is a steamer wand. And so I am considering getting a lot of alternative milks and asking him to review uh what it's like to steam those mm. um, good idea so i was just wondering if if you could could do similar reviews on your end i didn't think i would want one and then he got one and now i'm like well we're gonna move away from this roommate at some point and then how will i make espresso how will i do it it's hard to give up but also there is something nice about being able to go somewhere and like get an espresso drink. The fact that you have an espresso machine does not prevent you from going somewhere else to get it. Right. But I think it might make the espresso more of like a, a treat mm. to be able to, to, it's a destination and a, a journey. <laughs> Maybe you don't get good at it. You just like oh, you make mediocre espresso. Oh, smart. Be intentionally then, bad at a thing. <laughs> set expectations low so that then when they're surpassed, everyone is surprised. Exactly. That's smart. Speaking of setting expectations low, how do you think your summer's <laughs> going to go? <laughs> We're talking about themes, our summer themes. Because we are doing them in seasons now. Mm-hmm. And Zach, uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to go first. Because you did have yours prepared before, well, far before me. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been thinking about this one for a while. Um, to the, the point that I ended up with a reading list for it. Just by scrolling through things that I had already saved in my Goodreads. Um, so I just finished up my college experience, like full stop period. And that's terrifying because now I have uh, responsibilities and the chance to break things when I do things with my code, as opposed to just like get a B on that project. It's like, oh, now they can't uh, use the API anymore. And you're like, that's not good they need that API. Um, uh, but it's, 
So anyway, that's terrifying. <laughs> but also, that's only 40 hours of terrifying every week, right? Right. And then there's a different kind of terrifying for the other. I really should have done this math. How many hours are there in a week? And then minus 24 times 7 minus 40 uh, is 128. So it's a different kind of terrifying for the other 128 hours every week. And that is the kind of terrifying, which is I haven't been able to have like guilt-free free time since... I was in, like, middle school, maybe. (laughs) And so now I've got that, and I need to figure out what to do with it. I need to think about free time again. Sounds like we're taking worrying bugs to weekly. (laughs) (laughs) The solution is, I believe, not to give myself more homework. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure yet. That's what okay. that's what the summer's about is figuring out what do I want my free time to look like and what summer should free time look like. Summer of figuring out not just figuring it out but figuring out free time. It's the summer of leisure. Ooh, nice one. Thank you. That's much better than mine. But um y- you should uh finish yours up. Sorry. I got okay. excited. <laughs> uh, so that's, I, I just want to know, like, what do I do with all of this time that I have now? Because I can't even spend it doing like the normal things that my brain is like, oh, summer, let's go to the beach and hang out at the park. Uh, and, and like, so, so that's a thing. But also like, it's not just my own leisure, but leisure in general is still still a concern um oh because like i i am at a point where now i'm done with school but my partner who lives in the same space as me is not done with school yet Mm. and so are there things that i can do to help them achieve some leisure time because otherwise they would be working or you know school working 12 hours every single day because their major is fucked. it's just bad it's just poorly arranged so like what do i do so that they can feel relaxed at the end of their 12 hour days um or how do we as people get more vacation days and more time off did you know that in the netherlands the average worker works uh 27 hours every week well, Zach, the culture is so different. It wouldn't work here. Absolutely not. So maybe the real summer of leisure is that I move to the Netherlands. The summer of nether. Mm. <laughs> is that it? Is that why it's called that? Probably not. But maybe <laughs> he was from Stockholm. Who knows? <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see okay. what the summer of leisure brings me. Maybe I'll finish Project Rockwell. Uh, maybe I will read 25 hours every week. Maybe I will join a labor union and fight for a four-day work week. Maybe now I'm unemployable. Who knows? <laughs> That's the summer of leisure. Um, if you want to know about my reading list for the summer of leisure or, or give me recommendations, uh, you can find me on Goodreads, uh, but I can't say the username or Liz will have to end the episode early. Uh, what what's on your? Uh, if we want to like back solve, we can look through every user account with these books on it. Okay. And try to figure out which one's you. Um, let me wait for it to load because I thought, hey, Liz is going to ask about this, and so then I opened up, I opened up Firefox so that I could look it up, but then I never actually looked it up. Let's see. Um, we've got Leisure: The Basis of Culture, uh, The Sabbath: Its Meaning for Modern Man. Stress, Immune Function, and Health, and uh, My Year of Living Danishly, My 12 Months Unearthing the Secrets of the World's Happiest Country. All right. So, Jared, if you find, if you, you know, go through all the Goodreads accounts and finds the, the, find those books, there's a pretty good chance that you'll find Zach. <laughs> I am excited to see how it goes because I, mostly because I think you're going to trend my prediction for you 
And maybe saying the prediction out loud will change the result. Okay. So we'll see. I have a feeling that you're going to have a tough time moving away from or moving to the guilt-free free time. I think that you're going to want to have a project. I think you're going to do Project Rockwell or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what comes out of that. Me too. What's your summer going to look like? So this is probably going to be my least complicated theme yet. Uh, this summer, a lot of things in my life is gonna be, are going to be changing. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll be doing minimal schoolwork. I'm going to take a few summer classes just to get to the full 120. I think we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be moving into a new apartment without roommates, and I may be starting a new, jo- new job. We'll see. And that's a lot for my anxious little... I wrote Brian, but I meant brain. <laughs> my anxious little brain to handle because it's going to require a lot of decisions and potentially a lot of decisions that can have lasting consequences. So my tendency in that kind of situation is to like shut down and like, just don't make any decisions. I'm not going to even leave my bed. Mm -hmm. So, and because of that, I stopped taking care of myself. So the idea for my summerly theme or my seasonal theme, my summer theme Mm -hmm is to take the weight off my shoulders by allowing myself to admit when the world and my responsibilities are too much for me to handle right now without neglecting my health, both physical and mental. So if I'm too stressed out to get things done, like if I can't do schoolwork in this moment, I can at least go for a walk. I can at least keep taking my meds. I can at least eat decently. And I can at least stay hydrated. So this is going to be the summer of staying hydrated. (laughs) Uh, The goal is going to be, is to be able to acknowledge that I need a break from my responsibilities and take that break without making it harder to take care of the responsibilities in the future. Because I would first have to fix the fact that I haven't had any water in a week. Right. That's a pretty big problem to fix. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be the summer of staying hydrated. Uh, subtitle, I don't have to be happy. I do have to be hydrated. I like it. I like the tagline. Thank you. Do you have a, a reading list? I don't have a reading list because it is a fairly simple thing. And mm-hmm. um, and But if you're going to do something similar... Uh, Jared, then I would say, like, pick, make a list of things that are, quote, unacceptable to not do. Okay. And, like, say, these are the core responsibilities. So, for me, staying hydrated, taking my meds, um, I... I think Jared might want to put sleep on there, but I find sleep very difficult and the idea stresses me out, so I don't put it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I haven't fully made the list yet, but um, <laughs> that it is, it's, not, it's not quite summer yet. So yeah, that is the summer of staying hydrated. I don't like the name very much, but what are you going to do? The 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 best alternative name I can think of is minimums, but that uh, it, like, it doesn't capture the idea quite right. Mm-hmm. I I personally do like staying hydrated because I think it's it's one of those things that you like it is required and it sounds easy to do, but in reality is very hard to do. Mm. Maybe overall, but like in a certain moment, all you need to do is drink some water. Right. So like in those moments that I that one might feel overwhelmed, uh-huh. not that I would know what that's like, I want to just drink some water and be and just I, I can exist, you know? Right. 
Jared, if you have any uh, summer themes or other time period themes, you can send them to Zach uh, at Alex Cox. Uh, dig a dig a dig a follow up. <laughs> Syracuse would. So if you are John Syracuse okay. and uh, you just tweeted at Alex Cox to try to get in contact with Zach and uh-huh. you realized that is not actually Zach's Twitter handle. Right. Um, because you are just so mad that we're going to put follow up not at the beginning as is part of the copyright uh-huh you can get in contact with zach at hot dogs ladies <laughs> and uh but regardless we are this is when we are doing follow-up so zach what did you remember i i remembered um that i have something to rate because i am now the vacuum friend oh it's me the vacuum friend nice to meet you uh so I, I went on, on all of the websites and I looked at all of the $700 vacuums and then I looked at all of the $300 vacuums and then I was like, those are, that's not, I don't want any of that happening right now because I just got my first job and have not even gotten the first paycheck from that first job. Um, there was one that was kind of tempting, but it, it was the kind that required you to be able to modify your house a little bit. Um, not in that you had like central vacuum or whatever, but in that you had a, which would be very cool in like a, like a space age way to have central vacuum. I think that would be very fun, but not practical. Um, but no, this thing was not a central vacuum. It, it just assumed that you would be able to put its little charging station on your wall but like be able to hook that up to the the circuits in your house and like screw it into the wall so that it just looked really cute and just like this little tiny charging station and then you just fix it to the wall um mm. but how where i don't want to hire an electrician to buy a vacuum unless i put up a temporary wall with a bookshelf <laughs> And then I put the thing in the bookshelf. Mm. Hide the vacuum behind fake books. Right. So it's like a fake bookshelf, too. Like there's mm-hmm. bits of real bookshelf, but then the middle of the bookshelf, just the whole thing pulls away and there's a vacuum in there. Exactly. And then the landlord won't know the difference until I move out. So so instead I started looking at the... 50 to $100 canister vacuums um, just because the the place that I'm at is that canister vacuums are going to f- solve my problem at the $50 level a lot better than a stick vacuum would because um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to like get it in places, get it under the couch, you know, whatever. Canister right. vacuums do that. Um, so... So I got a Bissell Zing canister vacuum. Uh, it's a bagless, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can watch as the air like goes and it makes the dust all go in a circle. That's pretty fun. Nice. Um, it's got a uh, one of the roller heads. It's got a little nose and then it's got a, like a sheet head. So you can use it to like vacuum off your comforter, mm. um, which is it's. I, I'm a fan of being able to vacuum off my comforter because the comforter is is a lighter color and so it attracts dust. That's not how it works. It <laughs> it makes the dust more noticeable. Right. So we have all of those things and then and then it, it just like works. It's got a fifteen foot power cord. If you're looking for a fifty to one hundred dollar canister vacuum um, I can recommend this one. It's got problems similar to what we saw all the other fifty to one hundred dollar canister vacuums had. For example, the little like head thing doesn't have full range of motion, and so you've got to hold the the stick at a weird angle, which would not be a problem except I am um, like six foot something, and so when I stand up, my arm is not at that angle for the stick. And so I've got to kind of like lean to get my arm on the stick, but it sounds like every vacuum at that price range has that, that issue 
with mobility and with the stick size. And that's really the, the my primary concern with that vacuum is that the the stick is at a weird angle. Um, but just about everything else, it it packs up real nice. When you're done with it, you can like break it down and it fits into a nice little squat box. Um, okay. You can empty it and then take like you can take apart the whole thing and wash it out as oh, needed. Cool. Um, and that's really important because it just is going to attract dust. Uh, we still had plumbing dust that must have just been in the carpet that my old vacuum couldn't mm. handle. And so this this run through, there was a whole lot of plumbing dust in that vacuum um and so at some point i will probably need to wash out all of the tiny little bits of plumbing dust uh from the vacuum but the vacuum is built in such a way that i can do that so sweet so i give it uh like as a vacuum broadly probably a two and a half or three stars but as a vacuum in the 50 to 100 dollar range uh at least three and a half if not four stars all right Nice. That's my that's my vacuum review because I am now the vacuum friend. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs and the National Association of City Transportation Officials. The need is now. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs and the National Association of City Transportation Officials. Zach, if someone wants to wish you a happy birthday. Uh, or if they uh, have a better 50 to $100 vacuum that they think they would rate at four and a half to five stars, they can reach me on Twitter. I'm at... 